If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. to Your Hometown Solutions. I'm your host, Jean Newell, and in the studio with me today is my co-host, Jonathan Lack. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Jean. Thanks for having me back. Yes, let's talk a little bit about real estate since that's our forte. That's what we talk about. It's everything from foreclosures to <laughs> feng shui, if we don't get done tired of saying that. Um, Jonathan, just as a recap, uh, Tell us a little bit about all the uh, things that you provide and services that you have at your offices. Well, Lack and Lack Chartered are real estate, transactional real estate attorneys. It's me and my father in practice together. And we also have Waterview Title Services, which is a full service title insurance agency to assist with the closing of your residential and commercial real estate transactions. And finally, we have Waterview Realty Services, which is our real estate brokerage of which you are one of my fine agents. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, we're out there. We see everything happening. We see new construction coming out of the ground where we have people that have 30-year-old homes that are trying to sell them and they're trying to compete with new homes. So we're out there as consultants. We're out there as designers. We're asked all kinds of questions. And, and today we have a great expert on. And I'm, I'm just going to keep him a secret for just another minute or so because, you know, I got to thinking about the topic we're going to be talking about today, Jonathan. And you know, what What do you think the foundation of our society really is? I mean, if you think back of years ago, what did we use all the time? You think about it. What is out there that we use all the time for oh. food, for clo- for shelter? For... Let's go with wood. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I That's have... exactly right. I got to thinking about this because we have a, a, a tree expert on. But if you think about it, our whole society revolves around trees. They're there to um, with our food, our shelter, our furniture. I think even the first cars, the, not the motors necessarily, mm-hmm. but the, the um, cabs of them and the wheels. I mean, everything in life has been around using uh, trees. So with that kind of an introduction, 
I, I, I don't know what made me think of all this, but <laughs> if you think about it, it's, and we even use um, trees for our different um, uh, slogans or expressions like branching out, right. <laughs> the tree of life. Uh, ancestry it's all about your family tree you know everything is about trees so with further with no further ado here i'd like to introduce christopher johnson he is an arbor advocate and he's a certified arborist and he is here to explain what an arborist does and why you may need one for your home welcome christopher to the show hi gene thank you for inviting me oh it's a pleasure to have you here I always have projects going on at my home, and when I have a project going on, I always think, I bet my listeners would also like to know about this, and I'm having a tree removed out of my backyard, and then that's how we kind of got in touch with each other. But I don't think a lot of people know exactly what an arborist is, because when I ask a couple people, they just automatically go to a forester. They don't think in terms of an arborist for everyday use or for your own family um, uh, lot or your own family services. Tell us a little bit about what an arborist is and maybe your background on what you have to accomplish and what kind of certifications to be an arborist. Well, an arborist is pretty basically anyone who works in trees professionally. You don't necessarily have to be a certified arborist, although I would recommend hiring a certified arborist if you needed tree work done for a couple different reasons. A certified arborist has uh, taken uh, tests and has a breadth of knowledge that most regular arborists do not, and they're also bound by a certain code of ethics, much as you are, Gene, as a realtor, I'm sure, and there's just a, the breadth of knowledge that they have is definitely superior to someone who just has a chainsaw and a pickup truck and right. you know they they cut trees right and sometimes we we go to the big box stores or the home depots and lows and we walk in and we see a tree and a barrel a bucket and we take it home and we really have no clue on whether that's right for our soil right for our lot we don't know anything about that except that it's $69 and we're going to put it in a, our trunk of our car. And that's about what people think of when they buy a tree. Absolutely. That, <laughs> that's it a lot of the time. And people are upset and they think, oh, I don't have a green thumb or, oh, I'm lousy at growing things. But maybe they just put the, right, the, the wrong, wrong tree, tree. In, the, in the wrong, wrong. spot necessarily. Mm-hmm. Many, many trees have different needs as far as uh, soil acidity or alkalinity. And it's a great idea to consult an arborist uh, before you plant a tree because it may be a small tree now. 30 years from now, it may be looming over your house and then it's a real problem uh, and it's much more costly to maintain than had you planted it in the more appropriate place at your home or uh, planted a, a more appropriate tree altogether for exactly. what you were looking for. I know uh, we've discussed this. I've been in my home 30-some uh, years, and I seem to not be able to have a shade tree. I want a shade tree in my backyard, and no matter what I plant, it gets to about 10 years, nice and shade tree. I get something fast-growing. And my neighbor can have the exact same shade tree, but during a hurricane, mine always come down and theirs doesn't. So I used to say, and maybe I'm going to be correct when we get into this one, taking this one out, I think I'm on a spring. I think my backyard is on a natural spring and it's just too wet back there for certain trees because 
it just uh, seems like they topple down and no one else's does. And I can't quite figure this out. But lo and behold, I'm going to have a shade tree in there somewhere along the line. And you're going to help me figure out which one to put back there. <laughs> well, to help our audience out there, as far as uh, Christopher Johnson with the Arbor Advocates goes, when planning a lot, let's say I'm building a new home and maybe even working with a builder, um, but you know they work on the home, they work on the tile, the you know, the flooring, the cabinets, all of that stuff, but rarely do we get involved in the landscape design and landscape design ultimately is very important. Do you assist with both landscape design and what goes into some of the decisions other than simply aesthetics? That's a fantastic question. Uh, Most of the time I don't really get into what most people would call landscape architecture except where it relates to trees, uh, like tree protection zones are often put in place uh, during construction uh, to protect the tree's root system uh, if it's already there and we're working around it. And I also uh, will consult to uh, homeowners who are wanting to plant trees after the construction has taken place as to what would be a good tree and where would be a good place to put it. Much of my background was actually in uh, power line clearance. I spent over 13 years uh, working in power line clearance, and many, many times we saw beautiful trees planted right underneath the power line, Mm. and they weren't beautiful for very long because the power company has to come through and their contractors cut a V through it or cut an L through it or cut it in some way, top it down, and it really ruins the aesthetic value of the tree for many uh, homeowners. Right. So you speak of then the protective zone. For example, I have a lot out in uh, the Grand Valcaria area. And while well, I'm not at the moment, if I wanted to do some building on that lot, would I consult with you on the trees that are there? I mean, I'm obviously to build on it, I'd have to do some clearing. But would I consult with you about what could stay and what could go or how to work, you know, to build and not destroy the more older substantive trees that are there? Absolutely. That would definitely be a great idea to consult with an arborist to determine uh, what trees are are vigorous enough to uh, endure the construction project and also what would be necessary to protect uh, the tree's root system from uh, soil compaction or even mechanical damage from heavy equipment. Great. I know I was on the internet researching some of the tree information and something kept popping up that it says, if someone offers to top your tree or to make it safer, kick them off the property. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, it says here, uh, topping was accepted 45 years ago, but now science has since shown that's the worst thing that you can do to a tree. Another bad sign, someone who wants to um, come in and, and reshape your trees in such a way that perhaps that's not going to be beneficial for them. Tell us a little bit about this topping off your tree. Yeah, it's Gene. Topping is horrible for trees uh, because the tree wants to have a top. That's the reason that they grow uh, vertically. And in most cases, trees start out as young trees in an excurrent fashion, meaning they're growing essentially straight up. And as they mature, they get a more rounded or decurrent shape. When you top a tree, most of the time what happens is the tree will try to replace its top with faster growing, more weakly attached shoots, which become weakly attached leaders. And those are typically the portions of the tree that fail, especially through our rough Florida weather. 
Mm. So we're coming up on hurricane season. Is it start June first, July first? It's too soon. Whenever it starts, I'm already June first. Yeah, June first. So we're there, unfortunately. Uh, but again, the, what happens is exactly that. I have a yard full of trees, and I got guys coming by all the time saying, "You really need to get those trimmed." What do you recommend is the proper way to go about handling that, as opposed to the yard guy coming along and say, "I'll get, do it for fifty bucks." Right. Again, I would have an arborist come in and they can do a risk assessment, which is uh, one of the services that I offer is tree risk assessment. And what they'll be looking for primarily are dead wood uh, limbs that may be overextended. Maybe you've heard the term uh, lever arm. You know, you can hold five pounds close to your body, but when you put five pounds out further away, the heavier the load is away from you. The, the harder it is to hold up. The same is true for forces in a tree, whether it's just gravity by itself or whether it's a potential wind-loaded force or any force uh, for that matter. So would you, as part of your services, in addition to the risk assessment, do you provide the trimming service or is that do you provide the advice and then recommend a trimmer? You know, it, sometimes I will do both. Uh, very busy this time of year and a lot of uh, the recommendations that I make that I can't do myself. I recommend uh, Tree Service Express. Uh, Nick Rocco uh, runs that operation. He's an outstanding arborist and I'm fully confident in his abilities there. So I have no problem uh, referring that out uh, to him and his organization. Uh, and I would definitely yeah. recommend and uh, toward doing that, that end. Why don't you give us your contact information so if people have questions, they can reach out to you. Uh, they can reach out to me at arboradvocates at gmail dot com. Okay, great. And Arbor Advocates then is the name of your company. And yes, again, sir, it's Christopher sorry. Johnson. All and right. Tree Service Experts uh, or Express. I'm sorry. Um, you can should we give out this number? Is that good? Absolutely. Yes. Eight six six. Four one two zero eight two zero. This is actually how I first got in touch with you. As I had this tree service come out, they came up on Home Advisors, and we like to trust the Home Advisors. Um, one of the things that Brian over at Tree Service Express had told me, I have a shuffleera that uh, my neighbor would cut down from time to time um, with my permission uh, because he didn't like the leaves falling in his yard. And this last time, when he cut it down, I mean, it still was about six foot tall. He cut all the branches off. Those doggone shuffleers, you know, grow overnight. It never grew and never grew, and it started to rot. And I said, this is unusual because any time, you know, my mother and father used to take bushes right down to the ground to make make them stronger and healthier. And I said, can't understand. And Brian was telling me that, if you use um, clippers from another, um, maybe you were clipping a dead tree, de- uh, branches off of a dead tree that was diseased, and you use those same clippers on another tree, you can actually trans- transfer that disease. Oh, do you see that a lot with trees as well when they're sawing them and so forth? Or Absolutely. We, we see that quite a bit, actually, and that's another reason that I would recommend a certified arborist uh, do the uh, trimming that's required as opposed to Joe Schmo's tree service or, or you know, whoever's off the street. Uh, because uh, especially at Tree Service Express, they, they uh, disinfect and, and uh, treat their uh, tools and equipment from job to job and even from tree to tree sometimes. If there's an infected tree, they'll sterilize everything 
and uh, then move on it's with amazing. the rest of the job because uh, some tree diseases are communicable even among even uh, within different species but definitely within the same species if you have one particular palm that's infected with a, a disease or one tree that's infected with a disease and you have several other trees of the same type and species the the rate at which that disease can move around your yard is alarming What's that disease that's going around right now in Brevard County and it's affecting some of the palm trees? Tell us about that and how, how we can correct that. Uh, there are a couple. Uh, I'll hit on the, the two main ones. Uh, lethal yellowing disease is, uh, is one of them. And also the biggest is uh, Texas Phoenix palm decline. It affects Canary Island date palms, uh, Mexican fan palms, and even uh, cabbage palms are susceptible and it has been reported in, in a few queen palm cases but the majority were canary island uh, the uh, mexican fan palms also also called washingtonian palms and uh, cabbage palms as well now how would you I mean, obviously if you suspect something you get get you out there but if i'm walking around my yard what is it i might want to look at that would cause me to call you Right. Uh, and one of the first uh, symptoms, an early sign of Texas Phoenix palm decline is uh, fruit drop. If you have palm trees and they just seemingly are just dropping the, those orange berries uh, that they have in the queen palms in particular, if you just saw all of those just come off the tree with, within a couple days, that's absolutely not natural. And uh, there's definitely something going on there. I would definitely get an arborist in there as quickly as possible. Uh, the other is a uh, a greater than normal amount of fronds dying in the lower portion of the tree. That's definitely a key that something is not right and it would be a great indicator that you need to hire a, an arborist to get out there and find out what's going on. Is it the actual tree and the disease that kills the tree, or is it the tree gets vulnerable to insects? So if you saw a lot of insects crawling around the tree, would that be a sign that it's starting to rot or something? It, it can be. Oftentimes, uh, failure of a tree is not one in particular thing. Often it's just uh, the deck gets stacked in the favor of the uh, the other things that are not uh, conducive to the tree's growth and development. So typ typically, it's not just one thing. In the case of the Texas Phoenix palm decline, that can destroy a tree very, very rapidly. Uh, there is, however, uh, something that can be done about it. There's an antibiotic that can be injected actually into the tree that has proven pretty effective to increase the longevity of the tree. Currently, there is no cure for Texas Phoenix palm decline, but the symptoms can be treated uh, with an antibiotic injected into the tree approximately every three to four months has, has shown pretty good so is results. Is that an airborne kind of a disease, or how are they getting it from one tree to another? The disease is actually spread uh, by a leaf hopper. It's a type of insect. It gets on the trees. It's a sap-sucking insect, so it pierces the tree of uh, one that is uh, infected and they hop from tree to tree infecting them as they go just like uh, the like clippers of like mosquitoes mm. for people absolutely absolutely so, yeah, well, i don't think we realize that it's a living thing that actually has uh, uh i don't want to say it has feelings but when you talk about uh, we were talking about cutting off a branch and they 
and they have a trauma when that branch gets cut off, right? And they and they send all their little nutrients there to rebuild and and whatever they have to do. And you think, oh my gosh, maybe uh, maybe there's something to this talking to the trees and talking to your plants. I don't know. There absolutely <laughs> is something to that. And again, I want to give a plug to Christopher and Arbor Advocates. Christopher, why don't you give us your uh, tagline, if you will, because I like that. Well, at Arbor Advocates, we are tree pros that are pro tree. Right. Uh, our emphasis is on saving the trees uh, when it's uh, possible and when it when it's practical to do so. Uh, cabling, bracing, lightning protection—all of those are things that we can do to uh, help prolong the life of uh, your tree. If it's special to you, it's definitely special to us as well. And it is important to note that trees are living things, and without them, we wouldn't because they convert the carbon dioxide to oxygen and keep us alive. And I want to apologize right from the opening of the show when you blindsided me with that question, (laughs) and I came up with this horrible answer of wood that's pretty anti-tree, and I apologize to all the trees in the world. I love trees. I have a very wooded yard, and I don't intend to use them for wood. There we go. <laughs> Every tree there. forgives you for that. Yeah. No, but it's it's really true. We we use trees. Uh, years ago, I, if you go to any place that has farmhouses, it can be a complete desolate of farmland as far as just crops, and then you see the farmhouse and a shade tree mm-hmm. because they you know the trees have been part of our our foundation, our society, and everything. And uh, I don't think we really give enough credit to the people like yourself that are out there trying to. Uh, salvaged the uh, good trees and and trying to make the best of what we have and and not have a because there's been all these different things that have happened over the 30 or 40 years um, that I've uh, been in South Florida and here that you hear of well there there for a while it was those fruit trees they get a disease and next thing you know your neighbors get it and down the street and it can uh, completely destroy the crops as well so there's a a lot to learn. I, I want to call you doctor. Uh. <laughs> it's, that's not too far off, actually, um, because doctors, they, they see the patient, they assess the patient, they make a diagnosis, and then they prescribe a treatment and then follow up you know, mm-hmm. as necessary. And arborists do exactly the same thing. We go out, we assess the patient, which is our tree. We look for signs and symptoms. We, uh, you know, make a diagnosis. And then we prescribe a a treatment, whether it be fertilizer or some type of inoculation, a fungicide or antibiotic. And then we we follow up to make sure that the treatment's being effective. If not, we may need to change our course of action entirely. Uh, Do you have one or two things that people don't know about certified arborists that you would, I I think they'd find interesting? And I'll give you the hint on the one that I want you to Mm -hmm. mention is the beach and what you can... Only certified arborists are allowed to do something on the beach. Absolutely. Uh, certified arborists are the only ones that are actually legally allowed to trim mangroves in the state of Florida. And I believe it's federal, but I know in the state of Florida that uh, we are the only ones who are allowed to uh, do uh, mangrove trees and uh, trimming and maintenance of them. Uh, Why be- would that be? Well, because they're protected tree species. Okay. And on the beach in particular, in coastal areas, they actually help hold uh, the sand together in the, the coastal regions. So there's actually three different kinds of mangroves. They're white, black, and red. And uh, how you can identify them is where they are in relation to the water. 
Yeah, I remember that from my sea camp days back <laughs> in when we took our trip down to the Keys and walked the mangrove swamps. And that applies to the mangroves along the Indian River. Is that correct? That's or the correct. Ocean yeah. as well? Or Absolutely. Yeah, very good. All, all, all the mangroves. Now, that might be another interesting topic, too, that there are certain things by nature uh, follow suit along maybe, say, the Indian River. But when you take another tree that's not supposed to be in a wet um, soil like that and you put them there, the dropping of their fronds and so forth into the Indian River or any kind of a body of water can completely change the the acid and the tone and everything of it. Absolutely. So we never, what is it, don't mess around with Mother Nature. <laughs> What's important is to, again, I don't know if the big box stores are who we're buying these trees from, but it's important that we don't bring in these invasive species or that we don't bring in the wrong tree for the wrong area. Are there any any warnings out there? Is there something that might be pervasive that that our general public might not know? I go to you know the big box store and I say, oh, that's a beautiful plant. Let me go ahead and plant that. Is there something out there that might be pervasive that's invasive? Uh, strawberry guava is actually a very invasive tree. People like to eat them and have them in their yard, but they, they can be very prolific. Okay. Well, the other ones are the pepper trees we've been talking well, about. How yeah, Those nobody plants. Nobody yeah, plants. I don't, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't know anybody who does, but <laughs> and if how you do, to... stop. Yeah, <laughs> or come take mine. <laughs> how do we get rid of those pepper trees? Uh, pepper trees really need to be cut to the ground and then ground and even after that uh, the berries that come off of them how the tree actually propagates itself uh, they get buried into the ground and it can be quite a chore it really is something that takes some time and some care over time to really uh, get them gone out of your yard unfortunately the birds like to eat them quite a bit and so you may have gotten rid of them all but if you don't keep a keen eye on your yard your neighbor three, four houses down, may have one or two or 20, and the birds are eating them there and and uh, dropping the seeds in your yard. So you got to really make sure you're putting a keen eye on, on your yard once they're gone. They may not be all the way gone. It doesn't take long for a backyard to get overgrown into what what Florida used to look like before we came through and chopped down some of this, uh, man- not mangroves, but all the under underbrush and so forth i can't believe how sometimes we go to a home that's maybe in a foreclosure state or something and the backyard already looks like it's been taken over because between the pepper trees that grow overnight and the weeds and different things it's amazing how um, i always wondered how do these cities ever get buried because you can't think of how a city in another country from a thousand years ago it wouldn't take long I even see the my brick pavers and things sinking into the ground, so um, it doesn't take long to, to get out of hand. Is there anything that you could put on, like a pepper tree, would you suggest putting bleach on the roots or anything like that to keep it from growing again? Well, if you cut the tree immediately and then spray uh, the Roundup on it, that does a fairly decent job a lot of the time. To, to really get them, I would recommend the use of a chemical like Garlon, which in many formulations is a restricted-use pesticide. Uh, I happen to have uh, a state pesticide applicator's license, so I can use anything that is necessary to do that and, and do so correctly. But uh, you may want to consult uh, yeah, a pesticide applicator to... Uh, 
to take care of those kind of things if you're using something beyond what you can buy yourself at the store. Right. For the listening audience, let's avoid too much do-it-yourself pesticides. We have enough problems without yeah, contaminating it's our definitely water supply It's definitely best to, to consult, well. a, consult an expert in that regard as well. The other issue I'm having related to the pepper trees are Cal- Carolina creepers, maybe, or something. I got vines everywhere. And I don't know what to do about all my vines, but I just go pick them and they grow back and I pick them and they grow back. Yeah, the Virginia creeper has yeah, got five it. leaves. Yeah, it kind of it. resembles uh, like a poison oak, I think. Yeah, that's uh, the one. But it's, and uh, it's all over my It grows very rapidly and, as well. And it yeah. likes to go up the, around the trees because yeah. I've got that too. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're pulling it yeah. and you're thinking, where's this thing going? Yeah, you know, and yep. just comes off. Uh, I wanted to make sure we touch a little bit on staging our home since we're talking about real estate and uh, we always have our different staging people on and experts about how important it is to to make your home look like a model home um, because uh, people are watching HGTV and they almost expect certain things when they go into a, 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 a resale. Um, so we, we always talk about staging and uh, the inside, but it's very important to stage the outside. And that's usually the last thing you see on these before and after shows on HGTV. They, they spend the, you know, the first 25 minutes talking about the inside. And then the last five minutes, they show the outside and how different the house looks when you actually have someone that's designing it and has the right trees and so forth. How do you get into that? You you help people desi- um, find the right plants for their home. And I know you said you don't necessarily get into a lot of the design, but you certainly can uh, recommend what trees would be best because root structure is another thing that people don't take into consideration. Absolutely. I would recommend keeping it as as close to what is naturally found in the area as possible. Live oaks uh, are always a great option in the in the right place. The live scrub oaks look very pretty uh, when they're when they're cleaned and thinned out, and then they don't get too uh, too crazy. They're slow growing trees, and I think that that's always a good selection up front in the front yard. Well, we only have another minute or so to go, but you know, Jonathan and I always say our show is all about everything real estate from foreclosures to feng shui. And there's something about feng shui on the outside of your house, too, as far as using the right trees. And uh, one of the things we consulted with Elaine Bartlett, our feng shui expert, and she was suggesting, and I think we talked about this earlier, that you don't want to plant a tree smack dab in the front yard right in front of your front door. It doesn't probably look aesthetic anyway, but that's just not good feng shui for energy and so forth. And you had a suggestion about that as well. Yeah, I would definitely not suggest planting anything right in the front door. The front door is the face of your home. I, mm-hmm. I would probably plant two trees, maybe two smaller trees, you know, pro- an appropriate distance apart to, based on the, the species that you're selecting uh, to keep it balanced and keep it looking good and keep that, that entryway clear so that it can be clearly seen from the house. Like you said, curb appeal sells. Exactly. And uh, another point that Elaine wanted to make sure that people knew about is winding walkways. That always is a nice uh, curb appeal with you can have a, maybe a tree and an island or something like that in the front. And if you want more information about feng shui and trees and so forth, you can contact Elaine Bartlett at the, the Purple Portal 777 at gmail.com and you can also listen to her show 
here at Talk Network Radio on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. So there's my little plug for our feng shui lady. <laughs> Love Elaine. That's right, Elaine. So we thank you very much, Christopher, for joining us today. And one more time, give out your information on how someone might contact you. Yeah, I'm Christopher Johnson, board-certified master arborist. You can reach me at arboradvocates at gmail.com. And Jonathan, let's go ahead and tell people how we they can reach us. Well, best way to reach me is through Lack and Lack Chartered Real Estate Attorneys at area code three two one nine five three five one one five or at lacklaw.com. And if you'd like more information about this show or any upcoming shows or our past shows, you can go to our website at yourhometownsolutions.com. Thank you for Christopher for joining us today and Jonathan as usual. Thank you for your input. And we'll see you next week on Your Hometown Solutions. Bye for now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.